is the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. On this week's episode, we talk to Kieran Lyon for top tips on touring with your Jaguar post-COVID and post-Brexit. Plus, we find out who it was that made Richard West sick in a race car. JECpodcast.com Hello and welcome to another Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast. Well, I say another, actually another milestone, in fact, as we reach episode 30 of the podcast that unites Jaguar fans around the world. I'm Wayne Scott, hope you're well. And joining me now is the man at the helm of the club that supplies this podcast to our over 5,000 listeners and subscribers now, James Blackwell. Welcome along. Hello, Wayne. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Uh, pretty big milestone i think for the show actually considering we started this podcast as well kind of a temporary thing during lockdown wasn't it um way back in end of march early april and here we are 30 weeks 30 episodes under our belt and it's been fantastic to meet so many people from the worldwide jaguar community along the way 30 episodes i mean as you say we started as a temporary idea always something we wanted to do but uh yeah, their lockdown sort of forced our hand, but 30 episodes, that's remarkable, remarkable achievement. And uh, going from strength to strength, I, I gather as well. And uh, I've certainly enjoyed listening to it through through all 30 weeks. And, uh, you know, nice thing about a podcast, what I like is, you know, you can listen to it in a bit and then when a break comes you know leave it for a bit longer and then come back when your next got five ten minutes to listen to a bit more but so uh, re- really good really enjoyed it and uh, so well done for you for uh, sticking with it for 30 weeks as well that's some effort well i've been here since episode one you know they've not let me out yet they've not unlocked the door <laughs> so <laughs> It's been fantastic, actually, because we've met all sorts of people from the Jaguar world, from TV personalities all the way through to our members, the members out there that are restoring cars in their sheds and that are volunteering to make events happen for Jaguar people in their area, and basically everyone in between as well. We've had some leading lights from the old days of TWR, like Wynne Percy, of course, and Martin Brundle that came on. And if you haven't look back at some of our episodes you can find them all online still very easily at jcpodcast.com and you can look at the podcast landing page there and listen back to all of our old episodes or of course if you're a subscriber just uh, scroll below and start to download some of those earlier episodes there are 29 other episodes of this podcast before this one for you to enjoy and uh, yeah it will take you a few days to get through them I think but um, binge on it you'll you'll not look back uh, thanks for those of you as well who've been here since episode one and uh, just to celebrate this and commemorate this moment james we've got a competition to launch uh, that is uh, open to anyone who is ready to renew their membership to the jc or of course join for the first time explain more Yes, yeah, this is a really good opportunity, actually. So through the company Promotive, we've been given two Pioneer dash cams, uh, and it's apparently their most feature-rich dash cam to date. And, uh, yeah, we're giving two cameras away to uh, to two lucky members who renew or join during the month of November. And they don't have to be obviously uh, be renewing in November if they want to get ahead of the game and, you know, people want to sort of pay for their membership if it's due in sort of January, February or March or whatever and they want to get ahead of the game, take the opportunity and be in with a chance of winning this uh, fantastic prize. They're worth £170 uh, recommended retail price. Produced by Pioneer, they're one of the leading dash cams in the market. Uh, It's a one and a half inch LCD display screen. It records in HD 1080p and it's got all of the Wi-Fi and GPS functionality built in that you need. What's interesting about these ones is it does a 160 degree wide angle view. So you sort of get the shot of people launching out at you from side roads when they (laughs) pull out and don't look. That kind of stuff. Um, uh, But also because of the quality that these dash cams record at and because you can use them on a continuous loop and they have a a g sensor in there that starts the camera the moment the car starts to move as well as a good security feature and a good insurance feature they're actually quite cool for recording those memorable drives out in your jaguar aren't they they are i I love that little uh, that little piece of technology that that, where it starts recording the second you pull off you know it's little things like that you just also you don't have to worry about oh if i set the dash cam or whatever it is you know you can just get in and drive as normal it would say from the knowledge that you've got all of that recorded and 
uh yeah and, and yeah it's pioneer quality you know it's a name that stands out for years through uh for, through uh, delivering sort of technology and high standard technology so uh, yeah two to win so the way you can win these is very very simple all you have to do is to renew your membership or join the jaguar enthusiast club for the first time in the month of november it could be the first of november it could be the 30th of november it doesn't matter all of you get put into a draw to win these and there are two on offer and everyone has an equal chance of winning whether you're a renewal or a new joiner all you have to do is get signed up or renew during the month of november and that's very easy to do via jec.org.uk click the membership button there or you can do it from the podcast page itself jcpodcast.com if you look in the top right hand corner there's a big button saying join now and then uh, it takes you through to a little form all you have to do is fill that out and you will be a member uh, the other way of course is if you want to buy these if you don't want to wait to get into the drawer or of course if you're not renewing just yet with your membership we have a exclusive deal for jaguar enthusiast club members that gets you 20 percent off this dash cam and it's very easy to claim that and james will tell you how so the page is there it's all set up on our members benefit page and and in there as long as you're logged in and it's you're logged in with your members account your members email address that's that's registered to your membership number um, you'll find us as i say in the membership benefits and you'll find the uh, the, the cameras there pioneer camera click on that and it will give you the the code that you need and the link so click on the link enter the the special code that's there and 20 percent off so not a bad deal all around really jc.org.uk is the website to find those discount codes if you're a member or of course you can join now or renew via jcpodcast.com elsewhere there are new things happening in the jaguar enthusiast club office aren't there james and in particular when you ring up the office now there's a new lady that answers the phone there is so kathy has uh, has joined us uh it was a, a an appointment we've wanted to make for uh, for quite a while now to to get somebody in to uh, replace the uh, the retirements that have uh, that have been happening so yeah kathy uh, was a successful through the uh, round of of interviews we've done and she's been in in place for just over two months now but uh, really getting to grips with it and uh, it really enjoys having a chat with all of you members and uh, is yeah really found her feet very quickly she she loves having a chat she's there and uh, able to answer all your questions or at least put you through to the person that can help you or find that information and she's picking that up really quickly as well knowing who the right person is who the which direction to, to send members in or queries and, and that so uh, yeah so she's really good um she has a jaguar xf in her life as well so you know those of you uh, the november magazine you'll be finding a little bit more out about kathy in the november magazine where she introduces herself a bit more as well brilliant and it's great to have kathy on board and i think we should have just a bit of a laugh at kathy's expense on this podcast because uh, what we can all do is kathy doesn't know that we're talking about her on this episode so what you ought to do is ring the office <laughs> and say to kathy when she answers the phone hello i'm a jaguar enthusiast club member i've been hearing all about you on the club podcast and she'll she'll be worried about what we've said it's a good opportunity to introduce yourself to kathy who's new in the office answering the phones and dealing with all of our membership queries so uh, great stuff that we've got a new face in the team also the raffle car continues within the jaguar enthusiast club and of course we did extend the date for the draw which is now set at the 16th of may 2021 and the draw will be drawn at uh, blenheim palace and the final hour of the summer jaguar festival celebrating of course 60 years of the e-type now all of the profits from the raffle will be going to the Haemophilia Society, which, of course, if you've been listening over previous episodes of this podcast, you'll have heard some of the young ambassadors that are benefiting from the work of the Haemophilia Society. But, James, we have to be quite honest, don't we? We have suffered somewhat in the lack of events this year due to COVID, and it has been difficult to sell tickets. And the main worry is that this year we're not going to be able to give as much money to our chosen charity as we have done in the past. And we really, we, we need people's help, don't we? And this is an appeal to everyone listening to get behind us on this, share all of the information that we're putting out there, either on Friday Spotlight or on our social media pages, and try and encourage everyone you know to go to jc.org.uk forward slash raffle and buy one of those £2 raffle tickets. If they win, they're going to win 
a 5-litre Jaguar XK 2014 model. It's a special edition model as well in red. It's got all the toys you need in it. Signature edition Jaguar XK is the prize, and it could be theirs for just £2. But we need people's help, don't we, James? We do. Um, it, it's a real shame. It's a fantastic charity. Um, I enjoy my cycling and Alice Dowsett, um, you know, has just recently won a stage at the Giro d'Italia. And, uh, you know, he, he suffers from uh, haemophilia. And you know, there's, obviously this affects many people throughout the UK. But for us, the biggest problem is that, yes, 60 percent roughly uh, of our takings every year for the raffle cars come through events. And with no events, that's it. We've lost effectively 60% of, of our opportunity to really raise money and support the charity, which is which is a real shame. And, um, and also get the car out there. You know, people haven't been able to see the car and sort of really get to understand how good an example of the model this is. You know, it's, it's only just done over 30,000 miles. It's immaculate condition. The colour combination of the, the black leather and, and that really Italian racing red, it is fantastic and uh, you know, if we can't get it out on the road we, we can't sell tickets so yep it's it really is an appeal share get your friends and family buying a ticket you know every two pound helps and it only one takes one ticket to win this this fantastic car the, the lady who won it last year you know she only did buy one ticket and she walked away with a, a pre-liter uh, supercharged f-type you know and um, so yeah we really need help um to to make our draw in may a really memorable one so that we can support the charity and, uh, and, and give them the uh, the support they deserve in the same way that we've struggled to sell raffle tickets all of our charities in this country have struggled as well because people haven't been able to go out and do the fundraising initiatives that they would normally have been able to do the coffee mornings the running of marathons and that kind of thing and our, our charities up and down the uk are struggling in fact around the world charities are struggling so it is more important than ever really that as the jack enthusiast club we come together and see what we can do to help this particular charity that we're supporting this year uh, just to get through these really tough times isn't it it is really important and uh something that uh that hopefully you know we we can leave our little mark in the jag enthusiast club and say that you know we were able to come together and help so go online jc.org.uk forward slash raffle get your tickets now they're just two pounds and it could be yours that five litre jaguar xk there's pictures of it up on the website as well there to tickle your fancy if you ever dreamt of having a jaguar xk it could be yours you know and all of the money that we raise uh, from that all of the profits go to the haemophilia society so even if you don't win you'll get a warm cuddly feeling inside that you've done something really good uh, james what else do we need to know from the jc offices I think that probably the last thing to mention really is the uh, talking about it there with the uh, the raffle cars. Uh, next year's Jaguar Summer Festival. Um, uh, the packages have been on sale since uh, September, and uh, well, I've got to be honest, I'm I'm completely bowled over by the response we've had. They they are selling really quickly, really quick. Uh, loads of loads of packages going out already. Um, we're well well over what we expected to have sold by this time uh, within our booking process, and uh, I think it really helps with, because we're obviously tied in with Warner's, Warner's own Hathrop, and we're able to offer that Warner's guarantee, which uh, which really gives people confidence that they can they can book for this event, they can book for the uh, for, for for the Hayfront, for the hotel, and uh, and come along and enjoy it in May. Absolutely, and uh, it's going to be a fantastic moment in history, actually, for people to be a part of. And you get the sense that there's a lot of pent-up demand, isn't there? Everyone's itching to get out, and it all give us just something to look forward to, really, but a special event this year, because we're celebrating 60 years of the one of the most iconic British cars ever built, let alone the most iconic Jaguar, of course, the E-Type. But also, in the background there, there are some other significant anniversaries. The Jaguar X-Type has an anniversary, turning 20 in 2021, and also the Mark 10 was launched in the same year as the Jaguar E-Type, plus the commemoration of the first C-Type win at Le Mans in 1951. And we've got all sorts of exciting speakers celebrities and entertainment that you can enjoy during the weekend of the summer jaguar festival at haythrop park hotel and blenheim palace you can find all the details and of course book your weekend packages at jc.org.uk forward slash festival uh, the weekend packages are available at the moment for the hotel stays 
Now, day tickets for just the Sunday at Blenheim Palace, they're going on sale in the new year, aren't they, James? They are. 1st of February, we're able to put those on sale. So, uh, so yeah, if you want, if you just want to come along for the day, 1st of February is the date to put in your diary to, to start buying those tickets for Blenheim Palace and to uh, come along and enjoy everything that's going to be there on the day. It really is going to be an absolute jam-packed weekend and, uh, and Blenheim Palace you know, we, last time we were there, we had some fantastic numbers, and I can see those being—I uh, can see, just see those numbers being smashed. Quite frankly, as you say, people are desperate to get out and, and really enjoy and get to see their friends and and uh, the, you know the, those communities that have built up through the years of Jaguar Jaguar ownership and through the regions and such. So it's it's going to be a fantastic event. You know, people are already talking about it now, really excitedly, and uh, you know we're we're hoping that we can pull off all of the plans that we've got and uh, deliver something quite spectacular. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And make sure that you get your weekend packages if you want to join us for the full weekend. Don't miss out because they are, as James says, selling very fast. James Blackwell, General Manager of the JEC, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Wayne. And I probably can say this publicly now and uh, give you the credit you deserve. But uh, if you remember, back in uh, September, you were my saviour in the Salon Privé. There was only one person that had a flat battery, and that was me. And uh, along came you with your XJS to uh, give my XF a bit of a jump start. And uh, oddly enough, it's never ran so well since. So, (laughs) well, public thank you, Wayne. It's what Jaguar people do in this club. We help each other get our cars running again. James Blackwell will be back in a future episode to give us another update from things at the club. But now, more memories from motorsport with Richard West. Memories of motorsport. Richard remembers on the. Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. Well, on this week's Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast, we once again talk to Richard West about his memories from a lifetime in motorsport. But this week, we inject a bit of fear into things. Well, perhaps, because one of the perks of working within motorsport is occasionally you get to go out in the car with someone very, very fast. And you've been out with quite a number of famous names, haven't you, Richard? Uh, Take us back down memory lane with some of those fantastic drives by fantastic drivers that you met hi Wayne yes I have indeed um, my first experience was uh, a trip around Spa with uh, the late legend that he was Nicky Lauder um, I was working for McLaren uh, in those early years and Nicky was a driver for us in 84 85 and I think it was um, I think it was 85 actually we turned up at Spa and I'm not sure if you can still do it these days but certainly when we used to arrive on a Thursday morning off the first flight into Belgium or those of us who'd been in the night before, we would go to the circuit early in the morning and we would take our hire cars and we would drive around the spa circuit. Um, you know, we wouldn't go hooning around because, you know, there were track marshals out laying out flags and doing things. But it was a great opportunity from my side to take sponsors around and actually show them the circuit. And even going down the hill into Eau Rouge and going up what appears to be a cliff face the other side in a road car, even 50 miles an hour, is still, you know, it's challenging. And you look at it and you, you just can't believe how steep the climb is. And I pulled back into the paddock, and I think I was in a Mercedes 190 or something, and Nicky was standing there talking to Ron Dennis and Prost, Alan Prost, and he said to me, where have you been? And I said, um, just showing some sponsors around, you know, and there were two guys sitting in the back of the car still. And he just said, well, let me take you around. And I jumped out and hopped in the passenger seat, and Nicky took me around. And I was immediately struck how just how different these guys really are, because even though we were driving, Quite quickly, um, you know, we weren't over the limit or being crazy because, as I say, there were people out working on the track. But in places, we were driving quite fast. And I just couldn't help but notice how incredibly relaxed he was. You know, at one point, coming through some of the quick corners around the back as you come back up towards the, the pit complex and the hairpin, he was just sliding the car through the corners, you know, with one hand on the steering wheel. And at the same time, he was having a very calm conversation with me and a couple of guys in the back who were completely awestruck. You know, they'd, they'd been sort of shown around by the old boy, you know, with the beard who sort of crawled around and now they were being driven around by a three-time world champion, Mickey Lauder. And it was a remarkable experience and it made me realise just how how different these guys are, their reaction times, the way they pick their lines into the corners, the the confidence of their braking. It's just quite a remarkable experience and it's one that I'll cherish because Nicky really was a very special individual and a very accomplished Grand Prix champion and to go round Spa with him really was something very special. 
From those demonstration rides that you had over the years with various different drivers, were you able to ascertain their different personalities from the way they drove you around circuits or rally stages, for example? Yes, at times, I think, you know, when they take passengers around, I mean, I once had a very slow driver around Monte Carlo, Alan Prost had won the Grand Prix, and we, uh, a number of us, were at, down at the old um, harbour area, and Alan was going back down to the hotel. And um, a lady we were with, she said, oh, is there any possibility, you know, of Alan driving us back to the hotel? And he said, well, I'll drive you, the circuit, had, the roads had reopened. And he said, I'll, I'll just drive you around the track, if you like. And because there were so many people walking and there were a lot of cars, you know, we were able to literally just drive fairly slowly around the circuit. But it's interesting when they when they talk about the circuit. Alan was talking his way around the lap, you know, saying at this point here, we're doing this, we're doing that. He was very, very communicative, whereas... When I went with Ayrton Senna in, in a Honda NSX once, I was very fortunate to get a couple of laps in an NSX with him. That was completely different. You know, he was he was quite staccato in his comments about braking zones, apex of the corner, entry point, exit point. And he was almost like a race instructor would be on an ARDS day when he was just pointing out every single point on the circuit. So, yeah, the characters, in terms of the individual person, the human character, comes out in their driving also. But you do also notice very, very different styles and different ways. When you do high-speed laps with people, you really, once you get over the initial impact the shock of being driven that quickly if you actually then just watch the driver's movements you watch their hands you watch their feet a little bit there's imperceptible movements at time that just keep the car absolutely on the ragged edge the whole time and it's a real experience and a real honor to sit next to these guys and watch it going on well talking about the ragged edge richard have you ever been genuinely frightened in any of these cars yes i must admit Strangely enough, in rally cars more than circuit cars, circuit cars you realise you're doing very high speed in a very precise manner. And, you, you know, in the back of your mind, you know that if you go off, you're probably going to hurt yourself. But in a rally car, it's completely different. I, I went with Harry Vassanen once when he was driving over here in a Shell-sponsored Mark II RS 1800. And the first time um, I actually sat next to him was on a familiarisation run in Finland on, on the practice for the Thousand Lakes Rally. And we went through a fairly short stage, you know, absolutely sideways. I mean, you could see the fella cat out the side window virtually. And um, I, I found that very scary. And when we got to the end of the stage, he said to me, did you enjoy that? And I said, yes. He said, well, that was the English version. He said, no, I'll take you back and we'll do the Finnish version. And we drove back through the stage, started again. And I must admit, the second run was actually quite frightening because suddenly there were racing lines being taken through corners. And whilst the car was out of line being a real-wheel drive car, and you know, you had a bit of sideways here and there, the the speed picked up absolutely massively because the driving style was, you know, sideways is slow. That's the problem. And therefore, he was able to drive in a manner that meant that he was much, much quicker by taking much cleaner lines. I have to say, you know, when you're going through some of these corners, 100-plus miles an hour, you know, with trees either side of you, it does make you stop and think. You know, you realise that, A, how quick the cars are, and this was this is going back, you know, to the 1980s, but, B, just how safe they are because they are so well-built, the roll cages and the structures within them protect you as a co-driver and the driver themselves. Well, I must uh, just prompt you on one particular story, uh, Richard, because I know a certain Martin Brundle did make you particularly green (laughs) once, didn't he? (laughs) Yes, indeed he did. Um, Yeah, Martin and I, after we won Le Mans, the team won Le Mans um, in 1990, we we talked about this on previous podcasts, we had this big programme of events going on, things like Jaguar versus Jaguar and a day in the life of the mechanic. And what we did was we set up a circuit day at Monza. We took 14 journalists down. And we had the Le Mans winning um, V12 with a fresh set of brake pads and a spanner track. Um, and we had a pair of silk-cut Jaguar-painted uh, XJSs, V12s, which were they'd been breathed on and they had good suspension and uprated brakes and things. And uh, we put all the guests through the uh, through the actual race car. But when I when I actually got in it, I'm, I don't mind admitting I, I'm a bit claustrophobic and I found it a bit tight for space. And Martin said, look, you know, you won't enjoy it. Let's take you out in one of the V12s. And uh, we strapped ourselves into uh, an XJS V12. And Martin, I said, what's the plan? He said, well, we go out, we do one lap familiarization, we do a flying lap, and then we do a slowing down lap. 
And he said, as I've told everybody, if you're not happy, if you find yourself uncomfortable or, you know, it's a bit too quick for you, then an old geezer, he said, put your hand up in front of the dashboard and I'll slow down. And by the end of lap three, we were still flat out. And I thought, hmm, I'm getting a bit queasy here, you know. So I put my hand up and round and round we went. And we did 10 laps. And I don't mind admitting, at the end of the 10th lap, I was a little bit sick. And we drove back into the pitch. And I looked at Martin through my visor. And he looked at me with a big smile on his face. And I said to him, um, I thought you said if I put my hand up, you know, you'd slow down and go back to the pits. And he beamed all over his face and said, didn't see your hand, did I? <laughs> and it was a payback. I think it was a payback for all those events that I made him go to and press conferences. But genuinely, all joking aside, it, it was a fantastic experience because, again, you just sit there and watch these guys in action and you have nothing but huge respect for them because they are so quick. Well, I too had a fantastic experience out with Tom Robinson from Swallows Independent Jaguar in his Jaguar Enthusiast Club Racing Championship car. And just days after our track day ride, he was out at Castle Coombe for the final round of the JC Race Championship. Hear how it went next. Listening to the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. Well, we just finished up the car. It's about 10 o'clock, so it wasn't as late as I expected. Sealing heads back on, run the car up to temperature, and good news is that the head gasket is now sealed as it should. So we've just done another test on the, the actual coolant system with the block tester, and it's come back perfectly. So I'm really pleased we managed to turn it around quickly. Um, we're heading off to Coombe early start tomorrow. Um, we've got to be, I think we're qualifying um, about nine o'clock, half past nine. I think we had a second session, so we have to be get, getting up pretty early in the morning to get there in time. Um, but the rest of the car is all ready to go. Um, um, we'll just have to recheck the coolant level when it's cooled down first thing in the morning. So, yeah, last minute panic, but absolutely over the moon that it's back ready. Um, and let's see what we can do at Castle Coombe. It looks like it is going to be wet. Maybe qualifying is going to be dry looking at the weather now, the forecast, but it does keep changing it quite often at these circuits. Uh, they're normally on sort of abandoned airfields, so it's normally pretty windy and it's very interchangeable. So, we'll see what happens, but we're good to go. Well, we made it to Castle Coombe in time, no issues uh, getting here. So far, the weather isn't actually raining at the moment, but it definitely has been. The track's looking pretty wet. I'm just literally about to get into the car now to go down to assembly for the qualifying, um, which is in about half an hour's time. So it looks as if it's going to be wet. We've got the car set up for a wet setup, um, but it potentially might dry out through the session. But we'll see how it goes with the, the first session being on um, for about 20 minutes. Sometimes that gets rid of a lot of water and starts to, to push some dry lines into the circuit. But we'll see when we get out there. Well, I've just literally got back in from qualifying and um, yeah, I have to say, um, I've just been informed that we've managed to top the table and we're on pole. So it was exactly what we wanted to achieve and it's just absolutely great start after such a bad luck last week rushing to get the head gasket done in time. So the temperatures were absolutely perfect and the car felt really, really stable. So um, yeah, absolutely over the moon and uh, yeah, I think looking at the times, we were quite a long way ahead of the rest of the pack and we actually managed to end up about seventh overall which is including the open series so we were first in class first out of the jag race and also seventh overall which when you compare that uh, we're competing in sort of a, a 1400 kilogram um, jag against some of the bms and the, the purpose-built tcrs which are a world touring car so yeah absolutely great result and uh, hopefully um, we've got race one just before lunch um, which puts us in a great position we'll be starting very front of the grid on pole so we'll see what we can do I'm literally just queuing up now in assembly area for race one. Um, we're just about to head out on track and I have to say I'm, I'm pretty nervous. We've got, um, there's about 40 cars sat behind me. So I'm hoping um, more than ever now that I get away on the line pretty quickly because um, it seems a bit unusual having that many cars sat behind me waiting for the, for the red lights to go out. So um, fingers crossed we can get away. Oh, well, race one's now over and oh, I'm just absolutely over the moon. We managed to win it and uh, I had to give it five minutes before I recorded this because just so pleased that after all the hard work last week we managed, managed to win. Um, so it definitely pays off putting all the extra hard work in. 
Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, fairly trouble-free to be honest. It was it was wet the whole time. Um, car was absolutely faultless the whole of the race. Um, and we did have a little bit of a tussle with with Michael Holt going into the first couple of corners um, early on. He actually managed to to overtake me under braking, but I managed to get away pretty good at the start line. Um, but he managed to outbreak me going into quarry, and uh, I managed to then get it back uh, back in front of him before the S's. Just got a better drive out the corner because I broke braked a little bit early to to get out quicker. Um, and, and after that, really, uh, once I had uh, got a few car lengths, I managed to stay out front and re didn't really get pressured for most of the race um, the the faster open series cars come through um, after a couple of laps I think I, I ended up finishing seventh overall including the open series so that put me first in class first uh, overall at the Jags but seventh in the actual entire race but considering the conditions it was um, it was fairly trouble free I don't think there was any major accidents which is always good news um, when it's tricky conditions like that and yeah just absolutely over the moon now Race two, obviously we finished on pole. So what that normally means is they do the ball drop for race two, which shuffles around the grid depending on what number's pulled out. Now the downside is, is that six was pulled out of the hat, which means that for race two, I'll be reversed to sixth position on the grid and the rest of the cars will be ordered accordingly. So got a little bit more work to do in race two because um, it's definitely going to be wet this afternoon. There's more rain coming in and we've got to obviously try see if we can battle our way through the field from sixth in the wet. Now race two was pretty interesting, so um, before we even got on the grid it was absolutely torrential rain for race two, um, significantly more than qualifying a race one, so even when we were queuing on the start there was already quite a lot of sitting water on track. Now um, we managed to finish first overall, which again, which just over the moon with but we did have to work pretty hard for it so we managed to actually get a really good start and I managed to get away quite early and get up into about second or third in the first corner which is quarry so I managed to stick up the inside Holty had the lead by then uh, who was in front of me I managed to follow him into quarry and carry a load of speed through and get a really good drive back onto the the back straight before the S's so um that was absolutely brilliant and then um, by the, the next lap I finally managed to get past Holty. Now unfortunately there was quite a large accident um, on the main pit straight which put the safety car out so um, I was then in the lead. Um, Derek um, and Lawrence who were both involved in our series with the Jags, unfortunately I think Derek hydroplaned on some water down the straight. There was a lot of sitting water which is unfortunately really unpredictable and he ended up um, basically tapping uh, Lawrence along the straight and they both ended up in the tyre wall. They're absolutely both fine. Looks like their cars have sustained quite a bit of damage which is a real shame. Um, so I'm sure that a few of us will try and give them a hand to, to get them ready for next year. They've obviously got plenty of time now with this being the last JC race. Um, but the, the good news is they're both fine. So we spent a long time behind a safety car. Um, so once the safety car back in, I think we only actually managed about another three laps before the safety car was back out for another accident which I was believe was caused by Holty. Unfortunately, he got um, touched the, the grass coming onto the pit straight and unfortunately ended up running along the, the tire wall down the pit straight. So um, because of, when any of the, the barriers are moved off of the circuit, they often have to red flag the session. Um, but they actually, in this case, decided to finish early. So it's a little bit of a shame we didn't get a huge track time. Um, we spent most of the race behind the the safety car. But early on, the good the first three or four laps, we managed to get some really good times in, and I managed to get away out in first, which is what we needed to do. So uh, to be honest, I'm just just over the moon. It's a, it's a real shame that this this race meet wasn't obviously for points. Um, that would have put us slightly differently in a position in the championship, but. It is what it is. It was just great to, to race the Jag at, at Castle Coombe again and to get over the, the early engine problem we had. Um, the guys have been a huge help, especially Dan, who did some real late shifts with me last week to make sure this was ready in time. So all in all, I'm just really pleased and it's great to know that the car's performing as best as it can this season. And we've got a little bit of time over the winter to carry out a couple of more tweaks ready for next year because we've got a full championship next year. Now, I believe we're going to do one more race this year, not with the JC. Um, in next weekend, there's actually a, an open series race up at Fruxton, which is local to us. We've been there already this year. And that's with the classic touring car who we'll be racing with next year. So we're moving away from the CSCC and we're, we've got our own grid back with the classic touring car, which is 
absolutely great news for JC Racing because we'll have just the Jags back on grid together with no other cars, which is where we really need to be. We are heavily restricted on regulations, which is why our racing is so close. So when other series emerge with us, um, it can be a little bit awkward having such varied powering of cars and different regulations. So I'm really looking forward to it. So we thought we would make a last minute entry to Fruxa next weekend. It'll be really good to see how the Jag compares to some of the the E36 BMWs and that kind of era of cars. I, th I think we've got a fair chance. Um, I'll touch base with all of you next week and we'll talk about some of the preparations that we're doing for Fruxton and then I'll let you know how we get on there. But absolutely over the moon and uh, we'll speak to you soon. You're listening to the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. Join the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club now at jec.org.uk. Well, now on the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast, we're going to take you away, far away, on a journey with your Jaguar as we explore some of the tours that are available to car club members. And in order to explore those tours and hear about the amazing holidays that you can enjoy, I'm joined by Kieran from Scenic Car Tours. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Wayne. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, mate. Uh, I can yeah, imagine good. it has been a pretty tough year for you guys. Yeah, a bit a bit been a bit bonkers um challenging to say the least but uh we got a we got a very good uh, fraternity of customers that have uh, that've seen us through so on to brighter things next year well you're very much embedded in the classic car community and especially in the community of classic car clubs covering all sorts of different marks but uh, talking specifically about scenic car tours and where the companies come from give us a sort of potted history of of how it all came about oh you have to have to delve back in the archives, but um, I suppose to give an overview for those that don't uh, know Scenic Car Tours, we we like to think at least that we're the uh, the, the UK's leading tour operator for the driving enthusiasts. So what that means is that we we operate self-driving tours um, for people that like to enjoy nice scenery and nice roads and nice places. Um, we do a few different things. We uh, we do individual tours. So Mr. and Mrs. Smith want a holiday to Lake Garda. They can they can book on to a set date with us. Um, we arrange events. So a lot of people within the car clubs will know of Leon or Lon, where we take 300 plus cars every year down to France for an event there. And then my main focus as well is is working with the car clubs, and I do a couple of different things there. Um, I look after the the car club tours. Um, so for the MG Club, we're fortunate enough to be a preferred tour operator for them so we look after all of the official mg car club tours but as well as a spin-off different regions of the mg club uh, whether it be southern region northern region or just a couple of friends um within a car club i look after tailor making tours um for those people as well um that might want to do that but as far as where that all started um it goes goes back a while um <laughs> we're part of uh, the albatross group here in Kent, which not a lot of people have heard of. They've been going for almost 40 years now, predominantly looking after coach tours and group tours. And what happened was about 10 years ago, uh, Bob, our director, uh, he's been working on group tours and, and social clubs and things like that for about 40 years now, um, which he won't, he won't be pleased with me for saying. Shows his age. Um, but, but he was working for Albatross, just helping them with some of their air tours and group tours and things like that. And uh, one of our accountants, actually, Leslie, uh, part of our local Porsche club, got talking to Bob and Bob started as part of Albatross um, running a couple of tours a year for the Porsche club. And he, I think he thought, oh, a few car clubs out there. Um, so a, a little idea was born and that was about 10 years ago now. Um, I think he saw a gap in the market where there's a lot of uh, one man bands that do a very good job of escorting uh, tours. But, of course, escorting tours, one person, you can only do so many tours each year. And, of course, you know, you, you're paying um, for that person to escort the tour. So Bob thought, leave them to do what they're very good at. Let's try and do something a bit different, which is where we settled on providing everything we possibly can, but not being on the tour. So we making them much better value for money for those people that, that do want to go out and explore, but just have that, that bit of backup along the way from us in respect of our 24-hour phone line if you need us while you're on the tour. 
making sure you've got comprehensive road books, which we have got and have now in recent years done a deal with Michelin and Paris to tailor make their maps. So you've got the best quality maps in your road books. Your money's safe with us. Of course, we're Abtop protected, which I think after this year is uh, is more important than uh, than ever. And yeah, we just like to think you go and do the driving, do the enjoyable bit. We'll be working here in the office to make sure that we do everything else along the way. And um, yeah, yeah, about six months in, got quite busy, took off. That's when I uh, that's when I joined. And uh, now we're uh, now we're a team of six. We purchased uh, Continental car tours from. John Bowles, some club members may remember John, um, running Continental Car Tours for many years from Dover and Deal. So we, uh, we, we, we took them on when John wanted to, uh, I think he was a bit fed up with the admin, to be honest. Uh, so he, he moved on to Pastures New, and that was back 2012, 2013. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the rest is history, as they say, Wayne. Yes, Jonathan Bowles, of course, are retired now to driving his TR5 round with his mates. Ah, and, uh, no one. <laughs> enjoying things enjoying, it. enjoying himself as he well should absolutely and this is what it's all about isn't it getting out and about in your cars and seeing places that probably you wouldn't have seen if you tried to do a tour by yourself and and i guess the question is why would someone book with scenic rather than just get on google and start looking at hotels well you've tried and tested these hotels but you've also laid out a route that is really tailored to classic car enjoyment haven't you yeah exactly right i mean we 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 understand that how many miles a day a brand new Porsche is going to do versus uh, the Austin 7 Club, which I look after, are going to be two very different things. So that's why for our regular programmed tours, that's quite difficult to get the balance because you're going to have a real mix of cars on there. But that's really where the car club tours and the bespoke tours uh, that we do and the service we offer there come into their own because we don't ever recommend routes, tours, destinations daily mileages um for jaguar members and, and jaguars and as you allude to we've got we've got mike here who purely his job is to to make sure those road books are spot on make sure when we get the surveys back when the tours are complete there's any feedback that's there we make sure we act on that and yeah we're not so much this year but uh, before 2020 very fortunate people i know i've got some very jealous friends and family because we have the arduous job of going out and testing these routes you know somebody's somebody's got to do it and make sure that the hotels are up to scratch that there's good car parking and sample the, the food and the wine here and there so yeah we make sure that we make sure that we're confident that people are going to enjoy their tours fantastic this is one of the major drivers for new people coming into the classic car world isn't it they want to come and not only own a car but have a lifestyle and and create a set of memories around it really and we sort of joke about the instagram lifestyle now but if you can have a holiday with your classic car that's instagrammable that goes down really well but of any generation people really are looking for life experiences now when they buy into the classic car world aren't they yeah, exactly right. And and we just try and take people to places that they maybe wouldn't ever find if they're flying over it or traveling through it on a train. You know, I mean, even some of the places that, that we've discovered, little hidden gems that you think, you know, you, you have to do your best to explain to people just how amazing some of these places are. Because, you know, if you say a name of, of somewhere like Leuven in Belgium, not a lot of people know that it's a, a little gem hidden in uh, hidden in Belgium that's like a mini Bruges with a lot less tourists and they're just more accessible these places by car and we like to show people and highlight these places to people um, to go and travel to them in their car um, and, and enjoy them as as much as we have and, uh, and and as much as they should be enjoyed and potentially aren't in the mainstream holiday world if you like. Mm, absolutely and of course the other thing you wouldn't get from going out on your own or going to a more general holiday firm to pick up these trips is that 
you're often with like-minded people when you're out there. And what the great thing about your tours is, is if you want to just do it on your own, but follow the package and the route book that you give them, you can do. But also if you want to interact with a larger group of people, there's opportunities to do that and to also meet new people that are of a like mind to you as well, isn't there? Absolutely. One of the biggest keys that came out of uh, an event that we'd done at, at Brooklands earlier in the year was that that is one of the things that brings people back year after year with us is the camaraderie of being around like-minded, not only car enthusiasts, yes, that's the, the common denominator that brings everyone together on these tours, but enthusiasts of being sociable and going out there and seeing different places and destinations and i mean i had i was on our new year's eve tour a few years ago and i i asked if i could join a table of of 10 and they appeared to all know one another and i asked how how they knew one another and uh, they said actually we met last year on your late garda tour and uh, and now we all go away together we've got our own whatsapp group and and they became friends that way and i just think that's really nice and i think you know although we don't force people to have to sit together at dinner every night. We leave that up to, to people's choice. But nine times out of ten, we find that people really do get along and, and gravitate towards each other on the tours. Well, let's talk about some tips for touring then and things people should consider when they're preparing their classic car and also preparing themselves uh, for perhaps a foray into Europe with one of the Scenic Car Tours packages. Uh, before COVID struck... There was a word beginning with B that seems to have all been forgotten now, but it was called Brexit, and it was... Ah. It, well, I'm sorry to bring it up, but... Uh, no, it, don't. It's like, a, it's like an old friend <laughs> after yeah. COVID. Do you know it's what? Like an yeah. old buddy. Yeah, it is, actually, yeah, and he was much more friendly than the one we've got now, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, there were a few worries about how that was going to impact on our ability to travel and the processes and the paperwork that we would need to have to travel. Obviously, we're a little bit further down the line. Has there been any more illumination for you guys on how that's going to impact on your your travel packages and and what tips can you give us for preparing for the post-brexit world well i think if anything and you have to take positives where positives are are, are there to be found and the positive from this year is that uh, it's given a bit of perspective that maybe it's not quite going to be as bad as we thought when we thought it couldn't get worse after brexit um we we, we were we were fooled there so we we don't envisage any major impact um we keep very much up to date with the government advice i know that there's been lots of adverts on the tv lots of publicity in the past few weeks especially about getting ready for a no deal just in case um we obviously keep on top of that and the the government websites are all very much at the moment you may need an international driving permit you might need an extra six months on your passport you may need this you might need that and actually the only real clarification at the moment is that there's a line on their website which says further information will follow and we don't like to get caught up in the, in the media hype that can often put a dampener and doom and gloom on these things we genuinely believe that all of the countries that are involved in this can't possibly afford not to have the tourism um, we speak regularly to our friends at, at P&O Ferries, Eurotunnel, Stenoline, all of the major tour operators, and, um, and, and no one's got any major concerns. We think that maybe January, February, if there's a no deal, you might have some, some teething issues. But the beauty of uh, most car club uh, uh, members and classic car owners is they're not dusting the car off till uh, April or May. And therefore, our tours don't tend to start in, in a big way until April or May, by which time we've got a few months under our belt to, uh, to iron out any creases um, that might come along the way. I was speaking to one of my colleagues earlier um, who actually uh, said that he'd seen there might even be a new e-passport um, system at some of the major ports like Dover, which would actually nullify any additional checks. So you might spend a few more minutes having paperwork checked. But whereas they at the moment have to face ID you with a human being, you might have an e-passport system that will, will actually speed things up. So uh, I suppose our message is don't believe everything you, you read and uh, and do what we do and wait until there's a official government confirmation. But uh, but no, we don't envisage any major issues with our with our good old friend Brexit. 
Well, of course, uh, people who travelled before countries like Poland joined the EU, and that's only in recent years. That's within the last sort of 15, 20 years that they've actually been a part of the European Union. We'll remember that it was actually quite easy to cross out of the EU into those countries beforehand, and I expect that would be just as easy in the post-Brexit world as well. And, um, of course, people toured perfectly well during the 60s, as I'm sure uh, lots of our listeners might even have some memories of their own before uh-huh. in pre-EU time. So, as you say, let's uh, let's not panic too much. But um, No, we've got a very good attitude amongst our customers, and, and, and I've heard more than once, uh, especially when the original Brexit discussions were happening, uh, we travelled before the European Union, we'll travel again afterwards. So, um, yeah, we're not too concerned. Absolutely. The main thing is to get your car ready, of course, because if you've got exactly. a car that's ready and prepared and, and he's up to the challenge, then, of course, you can relax into your holiday all the more. And, of course, your tours, they're not too gruelling on a classic car, are they? And you've mentioned there that you do tailor them for the particular uh, mark of car that you're offering the, the, the package to. So you're not going to be asking a pre-war car to be chugging two or 300 miles every day. But there are some things that people need to do just to make sure that their cars are prepared. Uh, it's the usual maintenance things, but there are a couple of things like telling insurance companies that you're going as well that people should just be aware of, isn't there? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, the one thing we've always uh, said from day one is uh, we we don't want to pretend to be something we're not. We're very much experts in putting together lovely holidays uh, and being a very good tour operator. What we what we are certainly not is experts on on, on classic vintage cars. Um, we leave that to the experts. So what we do say is please, please make sure that you've got comprehensive breakdown cover and car insurance for any trip. That you're intending to do and make sure you've taken that policy when you book your tour just so that you know insurance companies can't if there's an issue at a later date say oh no you book, you took it out too late or, or things like this make sure you've got that i've seen it firsthand when i've gone along on tours where even some of the bigger companies it, it's good enough as long as they can get your car home i've seen an example where car broke down couldn't fix it They repatriated it back to the UK. Yes, the customers had to carry on the tour in an everyday hire car, but they still got their holiday. And without that cover, it it just wouldn't happen. Um, We're very fortunate that we're travelling in in numbers here, and it's it's often the case that there'll be a couple of volunteers uh, within the customer base on the tour that will get involved with trying to get a car running again, so that's always handy. But it's good to just have that back up, and not only for the car for yourself to make sure you've got travel insurance from the day that you book the trip. I think it's often a common misconception that people feel, oh, I'll just get the travel insurance at the port um, before I go. If you have an issue before you travel where you need to counsel for medical reasons or whatever it might be, we may be committed to your suppliers at that point, and that's where your travel insurance really does step in to make sure you're covered not only on the tour, but if there's an issue before you go on the tour. And the great thing is within the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, we've got a panel of insurers that will help and advise you on the insurance cover and the breakdown cover that you'll need to take your Jaguar into Europe and make sure that, as Kieran says there, it's repatriated if it's uh, if it does break beyond repair or that uh, you are covered for the right, uh, the right things that you need to be covered for for touring. And within the JEC as well, we've got loads of people there to advise you on the toolkits that you'll need to take and some of those basic spares for your Jaguar as well from those who have had a lot of experience from touring with uh, scenic car tours and the car club in general so it's a really a good case of you working as normal kieran with the car club to advise people through the club and that's the advantage of working with the car clubs because that's where the expertise to prepare cars ready for touring comes from isn't it yeah exactly right um car clubs uh, are an absolutely great platform um and i see that throughout uh, the clubs are going deal with, speak to, visit, see at car shows, that the, the reason that people are, are re-signing up for car clubs year after year is because they've got that support, that support they wouldn't get if they're on their own or might struggle to find online. They've got it, you know, with their car club membership. It's there for them. It, it, it just it just really helps. And, and we always signpost customers that do ask us those questions to those to those relevant car clubs 
for that reason we're no expert in that um we are experts in travel and what we do and uh and we we like to make sure that people get the correct information i guess i ought to touch on this kieran and i'm sure you're sick to death of talking about this word but covid <laughs> I, think we all, I think we all are i knew what was coming there Wayne. <laughs> we've got to talk about it because it's uh it's of course forefront in everyone's minds at the moment and i know yeah. you've had a torrid year of cancellations and uh, the whole travel industry has struggled through this and of course all of us in car clubs have been uh, uh, thrown upside down by it all because all of our normal events and all the things we've been looking forward to this year have had to be cancelled or postponed to next year but moving forward from this point and looking positively into the future what's your plans uh, to change the way that you run tours from this point onwards and and how are you dealing with the covid situation into the next year or two well i think it's important to say that without our customers and members of the car club we would be in a, a, a much dire situation than we are sat here today. I, I have to give plaudits to those customers. They have been absolutely incredible. I think it's a credit to the relationships that we've built over the years. I think it's credit to the fact that we have always had an ethos of being extremely flexible with our customers um, over the years, that now this year when we need that reciprocated, customers have understood that it isn't us being inflexible it's us being as flexible as we can in a very inflexible environment so yeah it's been a challenge um but we we have a much better understanding now uh, of what you can can't should do um turns out that nobody uh, nobody in our team had quite got experience of a of a worldwide pandemic before um we certainly do now we have it all written down for if it ever happens again. We hope it doesn't. So as you say, we look forward. Um, I think everybody everybody uh, is fed up of, of being stuck indoors and just wants something to look forward to. So we're doing everything we can to give people that confidence to book something and have something to look forward to. We're going out with our COVID commitment, which is that if a tour cannot go ahead because of travel bans because the government have said you can't we're committed that people aren't going to lose their money yes as we said this year let's hope it doesn't happen next year but if it does and you get the odd tour that has to cancel or postpone although we'd love customers to work with us to help us to roll that money forward as we've done this year if there genuinely are people that want that money back we're not we're not a Ryanair of this world. Uh, we, we, we're going to give that back. We have given that back. And so we want people to book with confidence to know that if COVID does get in the way, we, we're not we're, we're not going to let it get in the way. Um, so people can book with confidence in that respect. On the same, or in the same vein, we're on most of our tours um, just launching our no deposit until the end of January because we understand during the winter, you know, people are, are still going to be feeling a little bit well, I'm not sure I'm not sure whether I want to commit to that um, after the year they've had so most of our tours give us a call and uh, and we'll let you know which ones they are they are the majority of them where you won't have to pay a deposit until the end of January just to give that that bit of time for us all to take stock and, and see what's going on in the world but the good news and and, and uh, you know you're, you're quite right uh, Wayne uh, the positive news is that we have got people absolutely itching to get away so much so that I think the last look, we had over 2,000 cars already booked to go on tours with us next year, which is incredible. So our our message really is make sure if you if you want something to look forward to, it might sound like a sales ploy, but I assure you it isn't. Get in now because you don't want to leave it too late and, and not have the space there to go and do the, the trip that will, I'm sure, brighten your year after a a, a torrid year in 2020 absolutely well let's look forward to those trips then for next year and beyond and for the jaguar enthusiast club tell us about exactly what you've got on offer for 2021 and, and beyond what can we look forward to yeah absolutely so as i alluded to earlier uh, in the interview we we have the scheduled tours that anybody can book onto they can be a jec member they can be an mg member they can be a triumph club member um doesn't matter what member you are you know it's a mixed mark tour but then we do exclusive tours just for the jaguar club and for next year we've got 
a couple of, of variations. We've got an escorted tour, which is a little bit unlike us, but uh, but we do one escorted tour every other year uh, in the form of the Spirit of the Entente uh, tour. It's historically known among, amongst club members as the Entente Cordial, which successfully run for a number of years. Uh, Ray ourselves uh, very instrumental in, uh, in in coming to us and working hard together to put together uh, a real inclusion packed tour um, where you've got the assurance of having a backup truck with your spares you've got a couple of representatives usually including Ray on that tour just so you've got that reassurance um, there we call it the spirit of the Entente because we don't ever want to try and be compared to what the, what the Entente used to be because we know what a great job the organisers done of that event and so we don't we don't want a comparison um, but we do feel that we're doing a very good job um, to, to bring back the spirit of the camaraderie uh, and the inclusions of, of, of that event so that to ne- next year um, taking place in May following the E60 celebrations at Blenheim so the idea being that you can all if you want to go to Blenheim, you don't have to, but if you do join that event, you can go from Blenheim straight to the port for the overnight ferry together, and then you're on your way doing a nice tour of the uh, Loire Valley in Brittany. Then we've got our non-escorted tours, so those where, where they're all for JEC members, they've been tailored um, for, for Jaguar drivers, um, but you, you, you're self-driven, you've got our comprehensive route guides for your Michelin maps, you've got us at the other end of the phone, and of course that's reflected uh, a little bit in the price because you've not got uh, you've not got anyone on the tour with you but but your uh, fellow members but for those non-escorted tours we've got a trip to jersey um taking place we've gone a bit further afield to the italian lakes including the stelvio pass and we're just working away at the moment on uh, on a south coast 250 tour which is going to be new for next year which is going to run along from along the kent and Sussex coast and finishing the new forest. As you look back over the past few years, Kieran, that you've been involved with Scenic Car Tours and the car club events in particular, how have you seen the type of tours that people are looking for, are asking you for, and have proved popular? Has, has there been a shift? Has there been a change? Are people getting more adventurous or less? How have you seen things evolve? I think as some of our more regular customers get more confident in not only their own ability to, to, to drive further afield, but also they trust us now. They know that they know that uh, we're the real deal, I suppose, for want of a for want of a better term. Those those core customers are really starting to get adventurous, really starting to explore. We did our um, inaugural London to Moscow run uh, last year, which went really really well. We got a lovely picture of one of the lotus lands in in red square in moscow next year maybe because it's probably one of the only places in the world that is covid free at the moment we've actually got quite a few cars booked to do our trip to chernobyl um (laughs) following the uh following the uh the the hit hbo series on sky last year james and bob here in the office uh really wanted to put a tour out for it and Good old Kieran here said, not a chance we'll get bookings on that. And uh, it's been ever so popular, I think, because it's just something a bit different, a bit intriguing. So, yeah, that really took me by surprise. So, um, yeah, of course, a lot of people that have travelled this lot are getting more confident, going further afield. And uh, and uh, maybe after this year as well, thinking, let's get that bucket list ticked off. So um, definitely going further afield. But then we've got, especially as I just, you know, as I alluded to with regards to... Uh, some of the other tours a bit earlier on when we've got newer customers newer car club members that maybe haven't traveled with us before we still get northern ireland jersey peak district lake district northern france you know holland places like that are always ever so popular because they're good i suppose dipping your toe in the water you know just testing getting the feel for it it's not massive mileage so they have remained consistent over the years as being very popular. And, of course, the emerging uh, the emerging tour that is right up there as far as popular trips are concerned, especially this year when you couldn't go to too many other places, uh, North Coast 500 of Scotland, just absolutely bonkers. Um, which stunning, is obviously stunning gr- roads. Great, great, great for the UK economy yeah. as well, which is good. Um, great for us because we, uh, we we obviously took as much 
space as we could for 2021 there. And that is honestly almost sold out for 2021 for us, for the dates that we got, which is, which is crazy really. But um, yeah, got some lovely places closer to home as well. Well, now that we've inspired you to get your car out and go touring with us in 2021, you'll be wanting to know how you can get hold of all the information on these events. It's really easy. All you have to do is grab your copy of Jaguar Enthusiast magazine and you'll find all of the details listed in there for you. Scenic Car Tours have uh, at least a full page in every single magazine and all of the details of the tours and packages that are on offer are there. Or, of course, you can get in touch with Kieran direct, Kieran, can't they, and uh, just come to you and, and chat about the sort of places they might want to see from one of your tailored packages so how can they do that absolutely Wayne. we we always say and have always stuck by that we absolutely okay it, it saves us a bit of time when people book online every now and then and if people prefer to do that no problem but we absolutely love talking to our customers we really missed that contact at car shows this year we're not a company that that shies away from that contact even through uh, the pandemic this year you couldn't get hold of tour companies but we always made sure that even if you didn't get through first time we'd call you straight back um and, and we continue to do that and i know that any of the guys here um including myself more than happy to to talk to people over the phone best number to get us on monday to friday nine to five oh one seven three two eight seven nine one five three kieran from scenic car tours thanks very much for joining us no promise all, Wayne. It's a pleasure. That's all for this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast. Don't forget to keep in touch with us here on the JEC podcast via www.jecpodcast.com. And you can get in touch with us very easily by using the voice recorder on there to leave us a message, or you can use the contact form if you prefer to write your messages. Don't forget, you can also join the Jaguar Enthusiast Club online by clicking the Join Today button on the top right-hand corner of the podcast page to enjoy all the benefits, plus the fantastic, glossy, 130-page monthly magazine that's all included in your membership of the worldwide Jaguar family that is the JEC. This is the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. Subscribe for new episodes at jecpodcast.com.